You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, hello, everyone. This is Dave Rubenstein, and I'm here with Ben Sigelman. He's with Lightstep Technologies, which today announced something called Change Intelligence. Uh, they're in the observability space, and... Uh, and what they're doing is they're bringing this to market to try to help people more automatically, I assume, find uh, problems and resolve them. So, Ben, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. So, Change Intelligence, tell me a little bit about it, and, um, and, and let's hear what the solution is all about. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the issue that we see with observability right now is that you have a bunch of um, technologies that seem very promising and can uh, allegedly anyway produce some really insightful actionable insights really for lack of a better word about your system and then on the other hand you have a bunch of tools and technologies that just do basic monitoring with dashboards and alerts and although we like talking about observability in this industry the reality is that most people for good reason are still mainly doing monitoring where you want to like ensure that the most important parts of your system are healthy um, the trouble, there's no, actually nothing wrong with monitoring. Observability is not going to replace it. It's going to augment it. And what we're doing with change intelligence is allowing um, you know, our customers to take any change that they observe, whether it's a planned change through something like CICD or an unplanned change through incident response that might appear in, you know, say, a monitoring dashboard or an alert, and to um, automate and guide them through the process of understanding what changed. Um, we believe that that's the single most important question in observability is determining uh, what caused a change to crop up in the first place. Mm. And it demands a dedicated product experience that spans multiple services, multiple teams, ev you know, every telemetry type, metrics, traces, et cetera. And that's what change intelligence is about. It's about applying um, the insights of observability to a much wider and uh, more commonplace set of operational issues that crop up in monitoring tools, uh, which you know, Lightstep can also service those needs now. Right, and and a lot of this is done in an automated fashion, I assume. Yeah, and you know, I'm automation is a funny thing. I mean, I I don't think it's realistic, and Lightstep will never claim to completely automate the entire process, so people are no longer involved. It's mm. still going to be necessary for human beings to be involved in incident response because it's just too hard for computers to do. Um, that said, the because of the fact that these systems are so distributed and are so deep and have so many different teams involved, if uh, if you expect a human being to sift through all that data and rank the top 10 possible hypotheses, that in and of itself is like a multi-day activity. Uh, what we can do is we can automate the ranking process of all the potential explanations for a change. And that's what change intelligence really does. And then we arm the operator, the DevOps engineer, with the data they need and the evidence they need to make a determination about what to do next. Um, and, and I think that there's a really important distinction there. Uh, first of all, this is much more realistic than saying humans aren't going to be involved anymore in operations. It's just not true. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's more feasible. And I honestly think it's a lot more valuable because if you try to completely automate the process, which I can talk about if you'd like, because we tried to do that at Google as an experiment at one point, it just doesn't work. And, uh, and for kind of profound fundamental reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the big issue, I know we've written a lot about observability over the last year, year and a half, uh, and, and one of the things uh, that we're uh, hearing is that 
people are having a hard time distinguishing between all of the noise that comes from their systems and, and really understanding this is a critical problem that you need to solve right now versus, oh, this, yeah, it's a, it's a problem or a vulnerability, but it's not really affecting anything, so we can kind of let that go. So does this change intelligence kind of address that, uh, address that issue? I really think it does, yeah. I mean, um, I think part of the, uh, that question tends, I mean, there's certain issues where you don't need anyone to tell you that it's bad, right? Like right. if your service just hard down, like that's really bad, right? But right. then there are times when you see a blip, uh, maybe you'll, you'll be using, you know, you'll be looking at a dashboard that shows CPU utilization or memory utilization or something like that, like a classic infrastructure metric. And it's not just like completely, totally pegged, but it definitely had a spike and you don't know why. And it's kind of a smoke before fire situation. Um, that's exactly the situation where change intelligence can come into play. And, you know, we've been self-hosted on this and it, it really works. It's pretty amazing. Like we can, we have graphs internally at LifeStep that show a memory usage just spiked and you can click on that and just immediately jump to a UI to understand that change. And it turns out that, you know, just a single one of our customers changed their workload, but in a very significant way. And that led to a change in memory utilization for a particular service that was visible at kind of the aggregated level. That sort of insight would be extremely difficult to tease out, uh, but it allows us to get ahead of the issue to understand whether we have to put rate limits into place and so on and so forth. Whereas I think without change intelligence, I would literally just not bother because it's impossible to diagnose something like that um, right. without you know, going back in time, which is of course not feasible. So, uh, so I, I think it allows suspicious events to be investigated and diagnosed um, pretty efficiently actually. And mm -hmm. that's probably the best thing we can do um, to get ahead of things. So I think it's actually quite important in that regard. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I heard before just uh, you had mentioned that uh, you had spent some time at Google. Uh, and so well, what project were you working on there and how has that work kind of informed what you're doing at Lightstep? Deeply. I mean, I, so I was at Google for too long. I'll admit that I was there for nine years. Um, the first two I was working on, whatever. But then the last seven years, I kind of fell in love with what we now call observability. I started... Um, the Dapper project at Google, which was um, their distributed tracing system. We published a paper about that. Yeah. And then um, I went on to uh, build the team and the design for Monarch, which is their high availability time series database metrics system. Um, they, they after I left Google a while ago, of course, but they um, they published a paper about Monarch just a few months ago, actually, which is, which is quite good and describes it in a lot of detail. Yeah. Um, those two projects, um, they taught me a lot about the space, uh, about the good, the bad, and the ugly. My biggest regret about the whole thing, honestly, is that they were two separate projects. And in some ways, Lightstep is an attempt to make good on that regret. And, uh, mm -hmm. and the, the realization they had, of course, these things are easier to see in hindsight, is that you know, for that second project, Monarch, it's an enormous system. I mean, it runs steady state in the paper. It's running on 220,000 VMs just wow. to run Monarch. I don't mean that as monitoring that many, like that's how much it uses, right? It's an wow. enormous system. And um, and developing something uh, that large, I wish we'd been a little bit more ambitious about what it's capable of doing. It's a very good monitoring system and it's pretty easy to use to get dashboards and alerts set up. But we're back where we started. If an alert goes off, you still are kind of stuck using totally segregated tooling to understand what was going on there. And that's unnecessary. And in fact, is really what led us to start LightStep. And this release we have today is incredibly important to the company in that we started off doing tracing and have finally gotten to 
the place where we can realize our larger vision to improve the entire operational experience, not just the piece that involves like multiple surface tracing. We can also, I think, do a lot to improve the actionability and the quality of the monitoring experience people have. So it's very related in that front. And I, I will just keep on talking for one minute about AI ops. I mean, at Google, we had access to some really sophisticated um, uh, ML and AI in a box type technology that that people who are much smarter than I am had developed for use, you know, in the various Google properties. And we applied that to the operational data. And, and the thing that I learned is I think what a lot of people are learning in industry right now, which is that you can use ML and AI quite effectively to diagnose incidents automatically. In fact, we were able to diagnose probably 99.9% .9 of them automatically. Sounds great. The issue is that we also diagnosed two to three times as many that were false positives. And AI does not do well with operational data unless you have some kind of objective or um, ranking function that you can apply it to. And that's what change intelligence brings. We know change someone's investigating. They're investigating a specific blip because they told us or a specific alert because it went off. And we know what they're trying to understand. And I cannot overstate the importance of having a change that you're investigating uh, to improve the quality of the insights that we're able to uh, produce, um, mm -hmm. combined with the great deal of data engineering that we've done to, to power that. So um, that's one of the other lessons I've, I've learned from Google, and, and I think we've made good on that in this release. And I'm assuming Lightstep is a lot uh, smaller than the uh, 220 VMs that are needed to, uh, to run the thing. Two hundred twenty thousand VMs. Uh, I knew I said that wrong. <laughs> yeah. We are bigger than two hundred twenty, smaller than two hundred twenty thousand. <laughs> but um, but we've uh, some of the core team from Monarch is working at Lightstep, and we believe that this database is really a, a capable of scaling quite broadly and horizontally. I mean, it's already capable of ingesting trillions of events per day and so on. So I, I think that we're in, in a good place, and a lot of our customers are really like you know ultra name brand consumer companies that are using lightstep to observe every single transaction uh, in their entire distributed system so i think that we're actually operating we can operate at a comparable scale um, uh, due to the way that the core technology was built mm -hmm. so uh i know that you were involved with uh, the open tracing project and the open telemetry project and i'm guessing that uh, a lot of what Lightstep is built on is is kind of based on that. Um, what is the benefit of you building this out on open standards? Great question. I mean, a lot of the benefits really for the industry, I think, in general. Um, you know, prior to open tracing and now open telemetry, a lot of the business of building what was then called APM, what I think a lot of people are now branding as observability for better or worse, a lot of the effort from a vendor standpoint went into building agents that magically extracted um, useful telemetry from a uh, running application without making any code changes. And I definitely think that's a valuable thing for customers, but they'd have to take a vendor lock-in in order to benefit from that. And that's not good for customers. So the idea with open tracing and open telemetry is to make high quality performant instrumentation, just a built-in feature really of all software that people run in mm -hmm. cloud native environment. Uh, and that's one of these things, I think the reason open telemetry has been so successful, and at this point it really is doing quite well. And we have, I think, uh, uh, just an astonishing like month over month change in terms of the number of committers and mm -hmm. the number of organizations, all three cloud providers, every vendor in the space have all adopted this as well as many, many enterprises. It's because it really benefits all of us. Vendors spend less time writing, you know, no longer differentiated agents. Um, customers don't take a vendor lock 
and it did disrupt the space a bit. I think that now vendors have to compete on insights and value rather than competing on insertion cost because we all are at exactly the same place in the playing field with open telemetry. But that's yeah. a good thing for everyone in the long run. So yeah, I think it's been a really successful project and it's still, you know, um, it's still early days in some ways. I can't wait to see where it goes in the long run, but we already have um, a pretty valuable thing on our hands with, with open telemetry. Yes, I certainly hear from many, many organizations that I talk to that uh, that's a very important piece of, of what they're looking for. Uh, on, on a broader note, uh, observability is so important for so many different ways. We um, last year launched a conference on value stream management, and we did a survey prior to that. And one of the things that people said was they they needed observability into their processes and systems, needed to know what was going on. Uh, and I know, you know, what we're talking about is operations uh, observability, but the whole notion of, of people being able to get the metrics to see what's going on so they can increase their value is exactly what the industry is talking about today. I agree completely. And, and you know, um, from a mission standpoint for LightStep, that's really what we're trying to to achieve. We just want there to be more clarity and confidence um, for everyone who is involved with the process of building and running like the software that's powering our daily lives, right? Like that's what we're really trying to accomplish. And I think you can follow things like service level objectives and trends like that, SLOs. You can follow that all the way from the infrastructure all the way up the stack until you're talking to a product manager who's setting objectives for the reliability of an application and the product. And then you can keep on leveling up from there to understand the business in general. And, and I do think that um, there you can draw a pretty direct line uh, from the technology that's propping up these giant applications to the businesses that depend on them. And observability does need to cut across that boundary from the business into the technology and back again. And uh, that's very much you know the long-term vision for what we're trying to achieve here. So uh, Ben Sigelman from Lightstep, thank you so much. Uh, I would uh, encourage our listeners to uh, read more about uh, the announcement on itopstimes.com. There's a lot more detail there about the release, uh, and uh, you can learn a lot more about it there. Ben, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, take care. Folks, until next time, this is Dave Rubenstein. So long for now.